guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are going to jump into another episode of Queer as Folk. But before we get going, I have our delay the inevitable question. That's going to be the new stalling technique (laughs) so we can make this season last as long as possible. So here's my question for you. If Brian had to give up one of his vices, alcohol, cigarettes, or drugs, and this question came from someone on Instagram. Uh Uh-huh. Which one do you think he would give up? Cigarettes. Really? Absolutely. Girl, he's going to drink for one. He's going to party. He's a drinker. So he's going to go out and he's going to have a drink. No one is going out to Babylon or Woody's anything sitting there with a club soda and lime. Right. We're not doing that. Only Ted. Yeah, only Ted. Yeah. Okay. And it took him a long time to get there. Uh Okay. Uh, We saw his journey, how he got there. And then the drugs... Also, he is not going to be in the back room and not be able to hit a little of that, that special K, <laughs> smoke a little herb when he's stressed out. He's not going to. No. The yeah. cigarette, that's just like, oh, I just, you know, me and Justin just had the time of our life. You know, I was in those guts or whatever the case. I'm going to need, <laughs> I'm going to need this little nicotine right here just to calm me down. Like, you yeah. know, my little refresher. We only see him smoke. It's either during uh, after sex or if he's stressed out. He can use weed when he's stressed out. Mm-hmm. He don't have to have a cigarette. Cigarettes. You think he would let go of the drugs? See, yeah, see, because I forgot. I didn't think about weed. I just thought about like poppers and yeah, nah. uh, cocaine and Girl, speed nah. and stuff like that. But yeah, I because I know, we know he can give them all up because he had to yes. with cancer, mm-hmm. and so I thought that he would give up the drugs because I think that. He does, you know, cigarettes for kind of afterwards, but yes. also like that's his de-stressor or when he's in deep thought. Right. And I mean, he's going to drink at Babylon. And I also like to think that he likes to enjoy a glass of wine with, yeah. at night with Justin because we got a glimpse of that mm-hmm. in, in uh, season three. And he just likes a good bourbon. But uh, yeah, so OK. So okay. We, but we can agree that he's definitely going to keep the drinks. He's gonna, yeah, he's, the yes. drinks are staying. Yeah, OK. okay? Yeah, he, and he's going to smoke something. Yeah, he's going to smoke <laughs> whether something. Whether it's nicotine. Right. You know, or, or uh, some that, little, that loud stuff, that flower. Yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. We can no longer dilly or dally. So <laughs> let us get going. We are doing 503 today. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, we start out at Babylon, and I love this performance. It's all like circusy with a lion tamer. Oh yeah, it was giving me Britney Spears circus. All eyes yeah. on me. Okay, center was, of the ring. It was a really great show, but unfortunately, there were only about fifteen people there to see it, and that's really kind of generous. Babylon <laughs> is still not it right no. now. I was like, oh, look, Brian is really going for it. He's doing a whole um, practice run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this rehearsal. But no, that was live. <laughs> no, that was live. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Brian, Ted, and Justin are there among the, well, not crowd, um, <laughs> but they are among the few. And Justin offers to buy Brian a drink, and he would like a Grey Goose with arsenic. <laughs> yeah, clearly, he is not happy that his club is the whole struggle bus yeah. right now. Um, Brian doesn't understand how this can be happening with all the promotion that he did. Not only is he losing money at the doors and the bars, he's also having to cover the drinks for the performers in exchange for wasting their time and talent. Because they're not having it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they just gave the performance of the life. For real. You know and no one saw it. No, no one recorded one. it to put it on YouTube for them. Period. So. <laughs> it's not like they didn't even get the free advertisement, like you said, for YouTube. Like, yeah. Lord have mercy. Well, Justin is just now getting caught up on all of this because he's been gone, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you think he responded when Brian told him that he bought Babylon? Um... I'm pretty sure he wasn't. I mean, he was probably like shocked. What? Babylon? But at the same time, I mean, he knows that Brian can turn, you know, anything into some gold. He has that Midas touch. So he probably wasn't worried. And um, also, it's a a memory for him. Like, that would always forever be an excellent memory for him. So the fact that Brian owns it now. And although they don't have labels on them, that's his man. So, I mean, 
he's like owning Babylon too. <laughs> and that's where you met your man, you know? Like, so right. I mean, to me, I feel like all those memories kind of flooded back and he probably wanted to go into that back room again right then and there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm i sure he was like, of course you bought yeah, you, Babylon. You of bought course Babylon. you did. Now, Justin rightfully hates Gary Sapper's scene. So I'm sure he's glad that at the very least he won't be able to use the club to prey on young guys exactly. anymore. You know? So I think he's like, okay, yeah, sure you did. And uh, he, yeah, like you <laughs> said, pushing. he knows that Brian's going to be a success at mm-hmm. everything that he does. And he's going to be there to support him in any way he any way he can. Absolutely. Ted tells Justin that it's just one of those mysteries of life. You know, they can't really explain why this is going on. Like, how does a bud know when to open? How does a bird know how to fly? Why do queers desert one club for another? Like, the world may never know. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not really an algorithm for it. Babylon closed, so people flock to poppers. And even though Poppers is super old, it became the new thing again. Because it was the only thing that was available. Yeah, and then people hadn't been going there. Now they're going in droves. And so Poppers is the wave right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Melanie is rushing to meet Lindsay and pick up the baby. They're doing a little baby exchange at some park bench. They are also catching up on the pending custody case because, remember, Michael got an attorney last episode. Melanie has an attorney also, and he's telling her that Michael doesn't stand a chance of proving that he's a better custodial parent than she is. Besides, judges usually always favor the mother, and we know that's true. Remember what happened with Hunter? Yes. <laughs> and even though that was a terrible decision on that judge's terrible, part. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. But that's not really the issue, is whether or not she's a better parent. Because right. he's, he's only wanting 50%. Well, I don't want to say only. He is wanting 50% physical custody. But that is a, a few more percentage points than I think he should be aiming for. <laughs> but anywho... The issue is that Lindsay is the one not being legally considered in this. And then to add to that little problem, Melanie says her attorney thinks that Melanie should attend the mediation alone without Lindsay to keep things more prudent. And, uh, you know, with only the birth mother and the birth father. This is terrible because if Melanie was trying a case like this, she would have been up in arms over this. Like, no, oh, yeah. what? Like, she going to defend yeah, the lesbian. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that you're coming and saying something, something like that. That was like a slap to Lindsay's face. I, I just couldn't believe when the scene started, I was like, oh, my God, they look happy for yeah, once. Yeah, they did. They looked like, like they were getting along. Like they're finally making they, this it work. Looks, it looks like they were united in this To, to win thing. together, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, my. For one, I didn't understand why they meeting out in the park in the pouring rain. I know. With that baby, little plastic around, around, the around the baby. You know, and she's brand new. <laughs> yeah. She's a newborn Germs out in the rain. Yeah. But um, I didn't understand that. So I'm thinking, don't let Michael see this because that's the point against y'all. For real. You know he's over there taking pictures. <laughs> for real. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But. They looked united, you know, mm-hmm. so I was happy. But then when Melanie, something about her delivery is yeah. always cold. It's yeah, always well, cold. It never, it's never warm. And I feel like she kind of takes pleasure in telling Lindsay no all the time. I, I don't know. Well, Lindsay doesn't like this at all. Melanie tells her that she actually does not have the same right as her to be there. And her presence could be detrimental to the case. Which These are facts, but the delivery could use a whole lot of finesse. Absolutely. Um, because the truth is, sitting there across from Michael and trying to explain how you and your ex-wife are juggling two kids and two households and two work schedules and struggling to do all that financially. It's a lot. Yeah, that really wouldn't be the best way to convince them that you are the better choice. But you could have explained that to me a little bit better. You could have made yep. me feel like we were still united. Absolutely. And like, hey, you understand that it has to be like this. You know how the optics are. Melanie didn't do that. She was just like, Catch this. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to drop this on your lap. 
I'm not taking it back. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was like, I said what I said. <laughs> he was like, well, no, actually, you don't yeah. have the right it was to just do rude. that. But yeah. But you were the one who was ringing little bells. She waited on you hand and foot, baby. She was there for you, left and right. So she does have the right. Okay. Yeah. Like, stop playing with me. Well, or just don't say it like that. You yeah. can just say, hey, I know that. Oh, that's all she do. Say, yes. I know that. You know that. But according to the law, it says yes. this. That's all and I need to do. And in the best interest of JR, I believe that maybe we should listen to the lawyers. Right. It's, you know? just, it's no different than what they did when they tried to have Brian and Lindsay go pretend to be Gus's parents yeah. so they could try to get him into school. You got to mm-hmm. just play the game. Play the you game. You know, and they know that. I think Lindsay would understand that if Melanie was trying was saying it a better way. Yes. Well, Lindsay is hurt and upset. It's not just Michael. Now it seems like Melanie is trying to shut her out of this. So she's feeling really cut out of yeah, the pot. Yeah, when real. she thought that they were going to be in this fight together, and she's like, we were life partners for 10 years. And Melanie says, well, now we're divorced lesbians. See? <laughs> and not, right not even divorced, just dissolved. It's like, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Baby, you're throwing jabs and uppercuts. Yeah. Like, Stop. And Melanie is telling her that they will keep their current arrangement, even if like 100% physical custody is awarded to her, to Melanie. Uh, and then, you know, Lindsay will just have to trust her and they'll keep doing what they've been doing. And I was waiting for her to say, you'll have to trust me the way, the same way that I trusted you while you were out getting your creep on. Ooh, <laughs> but that but she guess, didn't go there. Because normally she would have. She would have, but she, did, she didn't do it. But, uh, and understandably so, but Melanie has been looking out for number one lately. Yeah. And it's possible, like, she might keep the arrangement with Lindsay, but what if Lindsay starts to do something that Melanie doesn't like or agree with? Girl, those mood swings on Mel yeah. are crazy. So yeah. I'm like, and so Mm-mm. she might change up on her. And it's not that Melanie is dishonest, but she can be a firecracker, and you never know when she might pop off. Exactly. You just you never know when that fuse is lit. Is it gonna be that fast, that quick? You know, we hit the firecracker, it's <laughs> yeah. bow, yeah. or is it gonna be that slow burn? You know. And then how many pops are <laughs> yes, with this? Exactly. You just <laughs> never know. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Well, Lindsay goes straight to Brian. Of course she does. And from this angle in his office, we see some art on the wall that says logical. And I guess that's why she keeps going to Brian. Like he can keep his head and calm her down Mm -hmm. in situations like this. Um, But I'm starting to feel like she's putting him in a tough spot. But I guess that's friendship. Right, right. Brian has been pretending to be preoccupied, looking over some boards for a chicken sandwich for one of his uh, clients. But I think he just needs something to do with his hands when he's having these like heavy, emotional, emotionally charged conversations. Also, she was pretty riled up. And I think this was his way of diffusing her. Mm-hmm. He knows how much this is bothering her. And so he threw a little diversion to bring her down. But he is listening and he wants to know what Melanie is proposing. And she's proposing that Lindsay trusts her and that they keep their deal, their verbal deal to share custody. But Brian finds that as funny as I do. He <laughs> says, yeah, the way she had to deal with Michael. And yes. I'm going to cut in real quick. The deal never included physical custody it, it of didn't. the child. <laughs> yeah. And I know that's not just a plot hole because Melanie said that in the last episode and Michael acknowledged that that was the case. Now, circumstances changed, but. I just want to point that out there. That was never the deal. Right. So let me argue right quick, though. I don't think when it, when Michael originally came in saying that he wanted to take the baby, I don't think originally he didn't come in like oh, he wanted custody. Like he wanted the baby to come to the house every because right now he's coming over there, coming to the house, coming to the house always. He wants the baby to spend the night at the house, you know. Yeah. When she said that the baby can't even come until she's about four or five. Yeah, now, Melanie was out of line. Yeah. That was too extreme. That sparked the fire in him. It's almost yeah. like now you have an argument. So. I kind of see why all of it started. You know, if she wouldn't have been so damn rude yeah. and would have been a little more understanding and had a little more empathy, 
Uh, because, I mean, he's a first-time father. You had Gus for six years or five years. This boy is big and talking in his school. Mm-hmm. So he's <laughs> yeah. at least four, five. He's you know like four or five. Yeah, four, that's a big-ass four-year-old. We're going to say that he's five, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, the boy is reaching on top of the refrigerator yeah. type shit. They're he trying to tell me it's been four years, yes. I think. But we'll just, yeah, whatever. Okay, well, he's a giant. <laughs> and um, But y- y'all have already had one. This is the first-time father. Like, he's just asking for a little bit of the baby. And you tell him that he can't even get the baby to, like, until she's big, four to five years old. That's going to spark issues. Okay, point taken, but counterpoint. I'm going to give Michael the benefit of the doubt and say that he wasn't trying to get full custody, even though he kept saying she would be better off with him and Ben. I'm being real generous here because my intuition is telling me that at the very least, 70% of this is about Michael. And I think the more pushback he gets from his mom or Melanie or even Brian, especially Brian, the more that scale tips toward Michael's selfishness. We touched on this before, but I think Michael came to her at the wrong time with that. Yes. And so that is the issue. Had he, I mean, they everybody just found out yep. about what happened in their marriage, and Michael was just yelling at them the day before. True. Of course, Melanie is being super protective yes. of her child and of her, just everything about her right now. And so he came to her at the wrong time. And yes, she was very extreme with the whole we got to wait till she's four or five sort of thing. But I think if he would have said, OK, let's redo this conversation right. <laughs> in a little bit. And if I didn't know that he is motivated by this because he's on this we're a two parent household. thing, mm-hmm, true. That is really what's getting me. True. Yeah. I understand you want to have your child come and stay the night. But thinking that she needs to be with you because you can provide better because there are two of you. That's what's bothering me. True. And you should have come to her at a different time. Absolutely. I mean, I can't even argue any of that. Like, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, and I know you agree with that. Yes, but yes. I wholeheartedly <laughs> I agree. To, I, get, it's, I think it's what we're going to uncover is, like, to a certain extent, we can get where all three of them yes. are coming from. That doesn't mean we necessarily agree with mm-hmm. some of the things that the three of them are doing. Right. Like, I can see, why are you moving like this? Is it the best move? No. No. It's not. It may not be the best move, but I understand why. Yeah. Well, Lindsay does want to believe Melanie that they will keep their arrangement, but she is the one with the most to lose. And Brian tells her, we'll stop whining and do something about it. And she can always count on Brian for the cold, hard truth. (laughs) (laughs) Brian gives her the name and number for a lawyer friend of his. And I think he's helping her get an equal shot in this fight. I think that's all he's interested in doing. Like, okay, if they've lawyered up here, get you one, too. And I really don't see a problem with her doing that, with her getting a lawyer. I mean, Michael went there first. True. He (laughs) did. Melanie is fighting back. She has an attorney, but she's looking out for her star player. True. (laughs) And just because Lindsay uh, is going to see an attorney doesn't mean that she has an attorney that's going to jump in and try to take custody rights. Yeah, she's not trying to get 100%. She's just like, I don't want to be left out. Right. And also, she could be just using him just to be kept in the loop. Right. I mean, because they're literally kicking her out of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. You know, like she can't even be there. She, she doesn't even know what these lawyers are, are even discussing. Right. So she needed somebody to own her best interest to defend her or at least give her the information that's needed. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, Melanie knows how the law works. Yeah. And so she's already got an advantage. She knows how this case will look. And she is also concerned with winning. I mean, yes, she does want full custody of her daughter. But Melanie wants to win. You got to remember, Melanie has been out on leave. And so this is probably her re-entry into the law practice. So she is charged up and ready to go. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like we said, none of them are offering Lindsay a seat at this table for her daughter, for her child. And I think she really does want to trust Melanie. But in a way, it does show that she loves J.R. enough to say, 
I'm not going to just be passive about this. Yo, I love that you said that because I was just about to inject and say that. Like, like everyone keeps saying that she doesn't have the right, she doesn't have the rights. The fact that she's fighting, mm-hmm. it shows that it doesn't matter if she didn't actually birth her. That love is deep. That love is strong. And she wants to be, a, she's fighting for her rights to be a part of it. And she knows that this can cause issues on both of us, on, on Mel's end and on Michael's end, and it could destroy anything. But she's fighting. That's love right there. I mean, if you can't understand it to see that, then y'all fighting for the wrong issues. Right. That is how I how I feel about it. And I just think it's too important to leave it up to a verbal agreement. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no. And their <laughs> verbal agreements just don't, ne- it, never, it never works, ever. So yeah. no, never, never the verbal. Yeah, because they did that with Michael and look yeah. where they are now. Yeah, did and it with even with Brian. And truth be told, Brian reneged on his deal too at mm-hmm. the beginning. And we understand why. And, you know, I hated it for him, but it really was the right thing for him to do to right. go ahead and, and honor what he said he would do and sign those rights over to Absolutely. Melanie. But he didn't do it right away. <laughs> he ultimately did, of course. But yeah, so not verbal. No, we need nah. it on paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you said last week, we need the notary, um, the notary um, present. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need notary public in there. Yeah. Um, he tells her not to worry about the cost, which means he's going to cover it. And I think they both recognize she doesn't really have a choice but to right. but to go this far. Like he tried to talk to Michael and got nowhere. And I'm sure he already knows he won't get anywhere with Melanie on this. Uh, so he doesn't shouldn't even attempt that. No, no. <laughs> don't even do that, baby. No, don't go over there. You might come out, you know what I'm saying, baby. Yeah. Missing some things. Yeah, do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that bad not. I still think they should have tried to handle all of this as friends and as family. But after catching them off guard at a very bad time and then Melanie responding with, you know, this extreme thing. I think they just, you know. The only option is this. Yeah. mm -hmm. This is where they are. Yeah. And Brian says the queers are going to learn what the straights have known all along. In a messy divorce, nobody stays clean. Exactly. Um, Do you think that there's an element of selfishness in all three of the parents with this situation? I won't say all three. I would say in two for sure. Um, Normally, I'm like, oh, forget Lindsay. I think Lindsay is doing the right thing in this. Melanie is only looking out like, oh, you're challenging me. I got to win. I'm the mother. This is mine. This is me. You can't take this from me. That's one thing that she can actually claim is hers. Michael's been selfish. We, we know why he's doing it, the whole two-parent situation, as if he didn't grow up in a single home, mm-hmm. uh, a single um, parent home. And, I mean, his mom bust ass to make sure he had everything he needed. He still can't ride no damn bike, and she got him one. You know, like, everything. Yeah. I don't think Lindsay is being selfish at all. I think she's she has to fight for her rights or she will be cut out of this baby's life. Yeah. She All that work she put in there, all the love that she wants to give to this baby, it's unconditional uh, mm-hmm. on her end. So I think on two parties, yes, her, she is trying to get her foot in the door. Like, baby, if you just gave me 10% custody, I'm good. Yeah. She's not putting a number on it. Yeah, I definitely think that they're at the very least being unreasonable, Michael mm-hmm. and, um, and Melanie, because of the whole extreme things she did right. for four or five years and then Michael's just definitely being unreasonable for yeah. sure I think it's like he is just kind of unnecessarily upending all of this stuff mm-hmm. in these people's lives just because the girls got separated and he got married and moved to a new zip code yeah look at all the lives you're affecting because of yeah and you're not thinking about the child you saying you are but you really aren't what same person would actually snatch a newborn baby from the mother. Yeah. You know, like... like and so that's just like... Mm-mm, who I, does that? Yeah. <laughs> from this, a good mother. Yeah. You know this like, whole situation is a dumpster yeah. fire. I just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we see Justin uh, back in Pittsburgh and painting, but not quite like we'd hoped. He is helping <laughs> Michael and Ben with renovations at their new place. Ben says that they will return the favor one day when he and Brian buy a house. For one, Brian was not buying. That was a fixer, fixer upper. Yeah. Brian is not buying that. <laughs> no, he wants okay. a turnkey like yes, ready to go. <laughs> that part. Okay, did you not come to the loft, Ben? Like, have you not seen that? Um, he won't. He won't be doing that. No, okay, at all. Period. And if y'all gotta use your friends, because. Painters and shit get paid, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> don't be you. He is an artiste, okay? That's he is right. not a painter. It's a difference, okay? Yeah. Don't do that because, oh, see, I almost told some personal business about <laughs> Brad's friends. You know what I'm saying? How to be trying to use him. Uh-uh. No. But I'm proud to see that Michael and Ben actually got the house together because at first yeah. I didn't want to breathe in the air. I know. You it. know, like I want to hold my breath when I walk in. Like, where's my mask? Let me cover up my face. <laughs> like, I don't want none of this nasty, dusty-ass air from this nasty, dirty-ass house on me. I'm glad to see that they actually got it together. It looks yeah, nice. It's they coming are together. putting it together. Yeah, yeah they're doing together. a really, really good job. I don't know how much of this they are outsourcing, but they are doing a really good job <laughs> in this in this house. Justin doesn't see a need for Ben to run to the paint store because he doesn't think Brian's in any hurry to buy a house. But Ben says you never know. In the middle of painting, Ben suddenly remembers that he never carried Michael over the threshold, and so because that's what you're supposed to do. Right, Justin? But Justin's like, I would not know. Yeah, like, how would I how would I know? <laughs> yeah, like why are you why are you asking me that? Trying to be funny? Yeah, I know. I was like, Ben, yeah. you know I'll be watching you. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah. I know he's just like caught up in the excitement of his new marriage and his new house and all of that. And there was probably a a dark period in Ben's life where he didn't think he would have anything like this. Right. And so I think he is very excited no, about all of it. He is. He's definitely excited. I mean, I'm pretty sure. He probably didn't even think that he was going to live as long as he has already. Mm-hmm. And then when all of his friends started dying around him, you know, that probably was on his mind. He never thought that he would actually have a family because he did want to have kids. But he always thought now since, you know, he's positive, that's going out the window. The gang really just embraced him and accepted him into that family that they have. Uh, it took a while with Debbie, but I mean, she's come around. She loves him to death, you know. Mm-hmm. And now he, they have Hunter, they have Jr., they have a home together. He's married. I mean, his whole life is done a one eighty. Yeah, and now he, yeah, he's kind of getting all those things that he always wanted. Yeah, so I'm gonna let him have it. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> well, Debbie brings lunch, and she notices that Michael still has an attitude. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's mad at her for siding with Melanie, which she did not do. She only sided with her granddaughter. Yeah. She is only concerned with. The welfare of of Jr. and Michael says, "Well, so so am I. That's why I want her to be in a loving home with two parents." And what is that? Why? Why, why do you keep Why are we that? doing this? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's disrespectful you to are your mother. Me the heck out with that. What, yes. Why are you doing this? Well, Debbie says, "Well, I'm sorry I couldn't give you everything that you wanted, but I worked really hard to give you everything I could." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like that is so. He's so mean to Debbie it's sometimes. Mean. I think this he he's always intentionally trying to hurt her feelings. I mean, maybe not intentionally, but he's always hurting her feelings. Yeah. And it gets to the point where I can, can understand if you were a child and you hurt her feelings because, you know, you can't, you're really not in, in control of your emotions like right. that. But you are 30. Mm-hmm. This is your mother. And you still see this lady out here. After all the hard work she did for you your entire life, she's still working in the same old diner, you know, yeah. busting ass left and right. She's the biggest advocate more than you and mm-hmm. anybody else out here on these streets for all the gay rights and stuff. Why do you constantly and consistently want to bring her down and, yeah. and hurt her? Or you can always avoid some of those things. You know? And it's very direct. Like, yeah. You know, of course, I might hurt my mom's feelings on accident, but he is directly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taking jazz it's, at it's her. It's annoying. It, it is. Okay, everybody. Ken is not in the studio right now. Toward the end of our recording session, he had to step out and take a phone call. 
So I want to use this time to go back to say something that I didn't say before. <laughs> um, because I'm not going to necessarily give spoilers, but it's really too much information and I don't want him to hear it. So if you are kin or if you have not seen the next few episodes of this season, skip over the next like five to seven minutes. All right. Everybody here is uh, supposed to be here. So let's go back to that scene with Justin and Ben and Michael in their new home. I received a couple questions about that scene and I was spending some time thinking about it after we watched it. And so I wanted to kind of go back and revisit that. Now, I am very hesitant to consider something out of character. I don't use that phrase very often. Something might be totally new or seem unprompted or even completely different to how they've behaved before. But really, everything is out of character until you do it. (laughs) And then once you do it, at that point, it's very much a part of the expression of your character. Let's say I've never cried at a movie, then it's out of character for me to cry at a movie. But that's just because I've never done it before, not because I'm incapable of connecting with the story. And just because I'm responding in a way that seems new, it doesn't mean it's not really me giving a genuine response. Again, everything is out of character until I do it. So that's just kind of one side of it. The other side is when I do something that is quote unquote out of character, it's usually prompted by something going on in the background. So you have to say what is going on that is causing this person to respond in a way that is different from their quote unquote normal. And I use quotes like that because what's normal for me today might be totally different for me tomorrow. So, (laughs) and I just kind of expect that most people are like that. But again, I wanted to double click on Justin in this scene. And I wanted to do it without Ken listening because I think if you know what's coming down the line, you notice this scene and it stands out to you in a way that it probably wouldn't stand out to you the first time around. Think back to Justin's conversation with Brett about marriage and monogamy. Justin said, we're not married. We choose to say, I don't. And then in this scene, he seems a little bothered, just a small little hint of bothered, by the fact that he and Brian won't be buying and painting their own house anytime soon, or that he doesn't have a clue how married couples are supposed to act. Everything about what he says and how he says it is totally different when compared to that conversation that he had with Brett. On the front end, it might seem out of character or even forced, but I think you have to dig a little deeper, like with most things in this show. Before I go off on a tangent, I want to point out that this is not the first time we've seen Justin go against something that was true for him. Think back to season four, when Daphne was like, you don't even like guns. Now you're patrolling the street with a gun. Remember what we talked about then and how we said what was going on in Justin's background during that time. Justin had a need to feel stable, secure, in control. And he also had this anger, this frustration that was in him that needed to come out. And that was coming out in these ways that seemed very odd, very strange for him. So hold that in your mind. Now fast forward to season five and what we get in this scene. I think you have to consider what is going on in Justin's life. A lot of this show we get from Brian's point of view, definitely when it comes to the relationship between Brian and Justin. We've been dealing with the rest of the gang so far this season, and that's taken up a lot of real estate. So we really have to stop and think and remind ourselves what we've been getting in regard to Justin. He just came back from Hollywood after this big disappointment where he was chasing after this dream and that was going to change the world in some ways. It was going to have an impact, even if it was just the claim that it was the first one and it paved the way for all these others to come after it. 
So he was working really hard in pursuit of this dream. And then that was over very abruptly. That was pulled from him. And everyone he was around moved on to the next thing. Brett had another movie. Connor has a three movie deal. So he's on to the next one. And I'm sure everyone working at that studio just shifted to whatever project came after. But Justin had to go back to Pittsburgh, which is really just Pittsburgh. (laughs) Now, true, Brian is there and that's great. But it's like you're still back at square one. And then when he gets there, it's like, you can go back to school. No, that feels backwards. You can come back to work at the diner. Please, God, no, thank you. That definitely feels backwards. So he's in this spot where his only options seem to be to do exactly what you've always done or to go backward. And I'm sure it feels like nothing has changed and nothing is moving forward. So I really think it's more of a general despondency that he's feeling. It's not directed at his relationship. It's just everything in life seems to have stalled out. And it seems like nothing is going to go any further than it already has. Ben and Michael could have commented about anything in that scene. And you probably would have gotten the same type of comment from Justin. It was appropriate for them to make a comment about marriage and building a home in a future because that is the big thing in their life right now. So when Ben made the comment about a future house and marriage, Justin responded according to the thoughts feeling his head. Nothing is changing. Nothing is moving forward. Because that's what his whole life feels like right now. It's not isolated to his relationship. And I think you do it a little bit of a disservice if you isolate it to why is he all of a sudden feeling this way about his relationship? Like, no, this is kind of a general outlook on things. I don't know if you've ever been forced to drink heavily from the cup of disappointment like I have. Um, But if you have, you know that it contains a mind altering substance and it makes everything seem bleak at least for a little while. You can say that Justin's being dramatic, but again, if you've ever been super disappointed and had to move backward because of it, you can probably understand that feeling. I mentioned the season four thing about the guns in here, but in a totally different way, Justin is feeling unmoored. He's feeling kind of like directionless and he's also got this frustration in him. And so I fully expect him to start looking for security and stability in whatever way is being presented to him at this time, just like he's done at least twice before. He needed that in season two. He needed that in season four. And I don't think it's that they're recycling storylines, but what we're getting is we're finding out or we're being reminded that Justin is a person who needs stability. That's something that he values and it's very important to him. And so it's not about recycling a storyline or haven't we already told this story before. It's anytime something in life shakes this person to this point, He is going to look for stability. He's going to seek that out. And he's going to go to this despondent place. It might be for a day, for a week, for a month. We don't, we still have to see. But that's what I think we're getting. Anytime he is shaken this severely, we're going to get that. We're going to see those same things in him. And so it's not showing us, it's not repeating a storyline. It's showing us something that is core to, like, it's showing us something that is core to a character and reminding us that this is core to him. For me, I wouldn't consider this to be out of character when you think about how we've seen him usually respond to things. We've seen him be despondent before. The Pride episode comes to mind. This is not new or out of character. Justin is often brave and fearless most of the time, but when something has been taken from him, he goes into this kind of headspace. Now bear with me for a few more minutes. Next time, I'm just going to put this kind of stuff on Patreon so these, these episodes aren't so long. But one more thing that will undoubtedly turn into four more things. I think we might not initially assign the proper weight to Justin's disappointment, 
We might be like, oh, well, that sucks, but let's move on. It's the final season. Who wants to waste time thinking about the Hollywood storyline? But I have a sibling in the entertainment industry, and something like this would send them into a depression. A blow like this would feel to Justin like being knocked back to square one. I feel like probably some of the reason we might feel like this is rushed or not fully explained or seems like a total left turn (laughs) for Justin. And now this comes from conversations that I had with members of the writing team. A lot of the people in that writer's room had a similar experience to what Justin just went through. They are writers and had been in the industry for a minute. They had projects that were supposed to go places. I mean, promises were made, futures were planned out, but then it all got ripped away. And so this is a defeat that they had all dealt with. They could easily climb into that headspace and relate to that very far-reaching discouragement. So to them, it makes perfect sense how Justin would be feeling now and how he would feel this hopelessness that is starting to bubble over into other areas of his life. Maybe that's the reason we don't get more conversations or an overt lead up to why he would be responding the way he is here, because for them, this makes total sense. Now, that's not to say they didn't address it because they did. Justin told Brian how he felt in, I think, the episode before when he was like, hey, I told everybody else that I hated it out there, but really it was great and I it kind of sucks that I'm back. But Brian is not going to understand it the same way. Justin set the sky as the limit for this project. And so he's falling from that very great height. Now, Brian and even Michael, to some extent, they didn't climb that ladder. And so they're not going to have as severe of a drop. And they have other things going on. This was kind of Justin's primary thing. But Brian is going to listen to his partner, of course, but he's not going to fully understand how devastating this was for Justin. And that really makes me nervous because there are probably going to be ripples that will affect Justin's thoughts and behaviors. And if Brian is busy with other pursuits, he may not be able to provide the reassurance Justin might find himself needing again. Now, that was way too much information. And I'm so glad Ken didn't hear it because I was definitely leading the witness, Your Honor. Um, But I wanted to speak to this quote unquote change we see in Justin. And I don't really call it a change. It's him being affected by the things that he just went through. And so that's kind of my opinion on this. So no, I personally wouldn't call this out of character or manufactured or over dramatic or whatever. When you think about how does he usually respond when he is shaken up? And this is kind of what he goes to. He goes to this despondent headspace, but then he also goes seeking for some kind of control, some kind of security, some kind of stability. So to me, this does make sense. But that's what I think, and I'm just giving you what makes sense to Ishelle, and I'm giving you my opinions. You can always do with that what you want. Okay, rant over. Ken, you can start listening again. Well, Ted comes into Brian's office at Kinetic with some good news for the luckiest man in Pittsburgh. He found a buyer for Babylon. Uh, Someone wants to build a Galleria, and they are willing to buy Brian's lease for a very good price. Sell that lemon. (laughs) Sell. Sell, sell, sell. Run. Get the paperwork now, Ted. Yeah. But Brian has not given up hope of turning it around. The practical advice is to just walk away and let the gentrification process have its way. Girl, he <laughs> would have mentioned, we have a buy. <laughs> yeah. What do I sign? For real. Like, but uh, yeah, he says next they can turn Woody's into Walmart, torso into Target, the diner into an Olive Garden. Like Brian would sooner die than see Liberty Avenue homogenized and dehomoized. 
He has no interest in walking the straight and narrow like the straight and narrow. (laughs) I think Brian is feeling like all the things around him are trying to conform to this heteronormative standard. And he's not going to be a part of that. No, He's like, nah, I'll go down swinging. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like Brian's the rebel of the group. and He's the rebel with the cause, Mm -hmm. you know, so he's not going to he's not going to just take the shit laying down. He's going to stand up and fight with every breath in him. He's not going to let any of the things change that he's. That he, they, they've worked so hard to build mm-hmm. Liberty Avenue. We saw that people are still coming onto the strip, still beating people up because of their sexuality back in season four. So, I mean, like, they've put in work to make Liberty Avenue what it is, and now you're telling me that you're trying to change it? He's right. not going to go down without a fight. Yeah, you know? well, and I think sometimes it's a good conversation, and I think one we should have at a later date, but there was a time when these safe places like this were really, really needed. And even mm-hmm. now, they still are in a lot of places where a gay community could exist among mm-hmm. each other. And then I think sometimes you get this sense of this false sense of security and safety. And it's like, we don't need places like this anymore. Like we need to just blend in and right. everybody needs to flow together. And it's like, we would love that to be the case. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the outside that, world, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you didn't put yourself in a little bubble over here on the Avenue. Yeah. But, uh, and if we start outside. letting them back in here, mm-hmm. then they might kick us out of here. Exactly. <laughs> and so I can see both sides of that argument. Right. But I definitely see where Brian's coming from. Like, no, we need to, we need to hold on to this. If we True. think we're safe, that's when they get us. Absolutely. Which is kind of something that he said in season one. I'm paraphrasing, but that's <laughs> what, he, what he said there. I just didn't want the man to go broke. You yeah, know, like, I was I mean, going to ask you if you would sell, but I know you would. <laughs> yes, uh, I just didn't want the man to go broke. Yeah. Because, I mean, 8000 a day? For real. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. Like, I mean, that's a lot baby, of coin. A coin, baby. <laughs> I didn't know Brian was rich. I mean, I knew he was well off, but damn, if you can afford 8000 loss a day, like, I mean, baby, you you rich. Yeah. Okay, uh, at the end of the month, that's your whole yearly salary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we know that Babylon could be a cash cow, but it's just like, how long will that take? And mm-hmm. how many nights will I set $8,000 on fire before? Exactly. <laughs> Not to mention, like he said, he had all the, the hot go-go boys yeah. out there passing out flyers. He did Like, there was every nothing window. more he could do. And, uh, and you know, as I know, advertising is super expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, he's dropping money on that and then still got to pay people to work and just keep the lights on. I mean, just the, the electricity in that big-ass building alone right. could easily be, you know, $2,000 for the month or, or more. Like, who knows? But yeah. crazy. Yeah, I love to be down for a cause, and I would hate to see them de-gay Liberty Avenue. But at the same time, y'all ain't giving me no coins, and yeah. these bills are real. So real, either come to this bar and buy these overpriced yeah. drinks or get ready to get your shop on at the Galleria. That part, baby, okay? It's your choice. <laughs> yeah. Ball just, yeah. is in your court. A or B. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, let me know. Yeah. Well, Carl is home from work, and Debbie is headed out to work. They weren't even supposed to see each other, but she's running late. And it seems like Carl's not loving this arrangement. He is asleep before she gets home from work. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to come home to food on the stove. He wants to come home to her and have a meal with her. And Debbie's working extra shifts right now because they are down one server. And Justin is willing to do anything other than go back to the diner. <laughs> so like, she can't have him pick up, the, right. pick up the slack. But Carl isn't just talking about the extra shifts. He doesn't see a need for her to be working at all anymore. Now, the hasty reaction to what Carl is saying would be to call him an old-fashioned misogynist, but that would be very extreme. That's not what his, that's no. not what his heart is. That's, exactly. not, that's not what he meant. He sees how good she is and how hard she's worked her entire life, how that she sacrificed everything for her family and always put herself last. Baby, you found love now. He's like, it's my turn. You know, like, yeah. I know you're not even asking. You have never asked, but I'm offering. 
That's why we're together. We're here to build together. So I, I love Carl. I thought yeah. it was a great gesture. That man is amazing. Like he, <laughs> he, yes, he pissed me off in times. So don't get me wrong. He hasn't but been a saint. But he's got himself together. But he, he has, and he's still working on it. He's a work in progress. Yeah, so. he is. Yeah. And Carl is probably thinking Debbie works so hard because she has to. Mm-hmm. And we already know she's got a second mortgage on the house. Mm-hmm. And we know the bills get tight sometimes. And she doesn't have any other any other source of income. Right. Carl is probably thinking if she had the opportunity to not work, maybe she would take it. And so it's not that he's saying, I'm the man, let me win the bread while you stay here and make cookies. I think he's saying, you can take a break now. Like, let me provide you with this relief so you can enjoy Mm -hmm. yourself and us, this new relationship. But it's going to be a little hard for Debbie because this is what she's always done. And she's never lived off anyone before. She's always had to depend on herself. Mm -hmm. And so you come to pride yourself on that and then you don't know any different. It's hard to let someone else. Yeah, you lose yourself. Yeah, it's hard to let someone else help you. True. Carl tells her that she deserves a little time for herself. She's been looking after people her whole life, and he just wants her to have have a break. I love that, man. (laughs) I do. That was really sweet. Yeah. It was. I wish Brad would come home and tell me something like that. Yeah, you ain't got to work no more, baby. Yeah, baby. (laughs) One time I was very proud because knowing Brad is always pushing me to work, which I'm a hard worker. He don't have to push me to work because I'm always going to work. That's just nature, yeah. Um, But I had never been so disappointed in my job because, you know, I give my all. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I take everything personal because I do give my all. And I, I called Brad, I was like, Brad, I'm quitting today. And I was just ready for to go off on him because he was like, what are you doing? And he was like, all right, babe, what do I need to do? Do I need to get some boxes? Do we need to get a storage unit? Like, what we, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> We're going to pack up? But I didn't quit. But I was like, really? Yeah. Did you get that for me? I was like, that's why I love that man. That's why I yeah. love We see Emmett meeting his new team, and he's nervous, but he's also just being Emmett. And he's accidentally offending most of them. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they are warming up to him at all. Though. No. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it was funny. just Emmett. Yes. It was obviously nervous, but in trying to be a part of the group, it, but they weren't friendly at all. When he said, "Hey, no, they everybody, weren't. just looked." If you would have said something back, I would have had something mm-hmm. better for you. But you didn't give me anything, so right. I had to so give I you what I know to, of you. Right. Okay. I had to fill it in, and yeah. then afterward, Emmett is telling Slim Shady, I mean Ted, uh, <laughs> all about. How they were looking at him like he was an alien from Uranus. Why Uranus, Emmett? Uranus. <laughs> because it's Emmett. Yes, of course okay. Uranus, yeah. He says, no matter what anyone says, it's a relief to come back to our home sweet homo. And this is what we were talking about with Brian. Like, mm-hmm. having this space is important right. to, to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. There's definitely something to be said for having a place where you can just be yourself and even if you are weird and eccentric in that place, you're not the only person who's weird and eccentric exactly. there. <laughs> like, yeah. And that really resonates with with me. Ted used to feel the same way after a day at work shafters, but Emmett says it's different because he can pass for straight, mm-hmm. whereas Emmett's flame is always burning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Emmett is used to being benched by every team he joins, and he doesn't want that to happen this time. It was kind of like the first day of school for him almost, mm-hmm. kind of how I felt. Like It didn't quite go how he wanted, but he can try again tomorrow. Right, exactly. And he's never going to give up. As long as he just keep letting a little light burn, he, he's going to kill it. Yeah. Debbie is at the counter trying to make a help wanted poster and Justin so happens to be walking by and he sees her struggling with her art there. Uh, He offers to help. If they are needing help at the diner, Justin rightly guesses that someone is leaving. He doesn't expect it to be Debbie. I know. (laughs) He's very caught off guard by that. He says, you can't leave the diner, Debbie. You You are are the the diner. diner. Yeah. Besides, what will we do without you? And Justin makes sure there's nothing wrong. Right. She has to leave. But she tells him that she spent the last 25 years listening to all the boys complaining about not finding a man. Well, she finally found one, but she's never home with him because of her 
job. What I loved about this scene was normally when Carl tells Debbie something, something big like this, it turns into a fight. We didn't even get to see her response until we saw her writing the help wanted sign. And, and still, in my mind, didn't even click in because she, she was writing it herself that it was her, you know, until she actually said it. But when she said that 25 years I listened to all the boys talk about looking for a man and now I found me one, I was like, Debbie, you're letting your guards down. Like, I mean, it was it was a touching moment for me. Yeah. Because that's, that's unlike Debbie. Debbie always fights back. She's trying to find a new identity, yeah. too, because her identity was she works at the diner mm-hmm. and she's Michael's mom. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. And um, now she's in that rediscovery stage. And I'm loving who she is. I mean, you can see the happiness all over her face. Mm-hmm. She hasn't felt love like in a long time. And not saying that if he could. ever. Yeah, if ever. Justin asks her what she will do on that note. Uh, and she says, well, there's always a bright new challenge. And Justin is an example to her. Like He went off to Hollywood, yep. but now he's back in Pittsburgh, of course. And then he says to her, what if you want to come back, but you can't because someone took your place? And she says, when I'm gone, I'm gone. She's yep. going to donate her vest and T-shirts to the Smithsonian. <laughs> and I would definitely buy a ticket to, yes, go, <laughs> to go and see Just them. Just to meet each and every button, okay? Yeah, but I I'm sure that Debbie at some point had some other dreams of doing Mm -hmm. something else, even if it was way before she got pregnant with Michael. I'm sure she had some dream and I would love to see or hear what those may be. There's nothing wrong with being a server for 50 years, but Debbie kind of fell into that. Mm -hmm. And then she had to continue to do that to make ends meet. And then she just kind of fell in love with that community. And so that's why she kept doing it. But it wasn't like. That was I how she to aspired to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I can see that she had so much personality. She was destined for more. Now, she's great at her job. Like like Justin said, you are the diner. Mm-hmm. People literally come there for her. Like, she knows every single face in the building. But I feel like her personality was destined for her to do more. I mean, yeah, like you said, I would like to get a deeper dive on what her, her young aspirations were. Brian is home from work, and he beelines straight for Justin, wrapping him in a hug. And then he gives him an extra little squeeze. And they exchange these cute little half smiles as Brian is walking in. But that wasn't enough for him. Like, he's clearly so happy to have Justin back (laughs) in in their home. Like, they're Mm -hmm. living here together in this home. And this is the routine that he wants. Like, he wants to come home to Justin or Mm -hmm. know that Justin is on his way home at Mm -hmm. some point tonight before 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And he doesn't care how domestic it all seems. Like, this makes him happy. And you can tell it because he can't stop touching him in their home. Because of how happy he is, and this is real, and he can have it, and he really kind of can't believe that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I like that that little thing with them. Justin kind of looks back at him when he is squeezing him, and I think it's because he recognizes, like, it's a little, little different. He likes it, <laughs> but it's a little different. So he kind of looks over at him to get a read on his emotions, and he doesn't see anything to cause him concern. So he's just like, okay, this is good, whatever. Okay, yeah, I may enjoy it. Squeeze <laughs> yeah. all you want, Yeah, babe. he just needs an extra little squeeze. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Well, Justin has printed some of his artwork, and Brian is looking it over. He says it's not bad, which means it must be pretty great. (laughs) Justin says it's brilliant. And they were going to be a part of his final school project. And Brian says they still can be, but Justin's like, nah, it's too late. And Brian understands that after Hollywood, it would feel like a prequel. Yeah. And not a very good one, Mm -mm. Justin adds. (laughs) Yeah. But I I I definitely get that. Like, school is always going to be there. He can always go back. But I— I get him not immediately wanting to get back yeah. into that right now. I mean, well, his work has been taken professionally now. Like, right. I mean, and you're, like, mm. you were on the major playing field. You, you were in the big market. Now you want me to still go back and spend thousands of dollars when I'm already <laughs> doing it? Yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of hard. You want me to go and listen? I think I'm ahead of the game. 
Right. Like, uh, it's like, I am going to teach this yes, class. Yes, exactly. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> I'm a professor now. Yes. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, baby, I got the first, the hands-on experience, okay? Yeah. Like, on Hollywood. No, it, it wouldn't It wouldn't be beneficial for him to, to go back. I think that would slow him up. He needs to continue to be moving forward mm-hmm. on that track that he was already on. I agree with that. Justin is planning to take his time, look around, and figure out what to do next. That's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, give it a second because you, you don't want a whole lot of stuff. So give it a second. Uh, Brian has an idea, though. How about a full-time career at one of Pittsburgh's top advertising agencies? And Justin says, thanks, but it's time that he makes his own way in the world. It's a very sweet exchange between partners. Like, Brian wants to help him. And even though Justin turns him down, Justin does appreciate the offer. Right. And he thanks him with a, a kiss. And I don't think it was Brian was making a pity offer yeah. at all. Like, Brian he, knows how talented his boy yeah. is. Brian saw the talent when he was at um, Var, um with Garden Advance. Yeah, at, v- at uh, Vanguard. Yeah, Vanguard. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, he saw that. Um, also, he knows how great Justin is in anything yeah. that he does, mm-hmm. period. And he can see the t- he lives with the talent. He can yeah. see it. <laughs> no, I think that was great. Yeah. Um, how do you think Brian and Justin would have worked together? Like, you think oh, it would have been amazing? Yeah, I definitely think so. I like to think that there are times at the loft where Brian would be staring at boards for a campaign and he would know something wasn't right, but he just couldn't figure it out. And then Justin would walk over and massage his shoulders because Brian's been sitting there looking frustrated <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. And then Justin would randomly say, you should move that to the left. Yes. Or I wonder what that would look like if it was a different color. And then it's like perfect. It's yeah, a perfect just keep fix. going back. Like, yeah. Just stay the real calm and yeah. nonchalant. Or, like, yeah. you know, Brian would be trying to like write out something that he wants to seem to draw or design. And Justin would grab a piece of junk mail, flip it over and be like, kind of like this. And it's exactly what, right. what Brian was thinking. I think... He understands his vision and his mm-hmm. mind. And so he would be able to perfectly get that on paper. And so I think that they would work. I think they would be unstoppable as True. a team. I agree to it. Um, like you said, he understands the vision and the mind. Mm-hmm. They're they're connected. Like they don't, they can speak without even saying words. Like yeah. they, they have that. It, and that's what makes them so sexy, too. And what makes them work well together mm-hmm. in everything that they do. Yeah. They just understand Now, things are going to get heated. Oh, yeah. When because they disagree they're both about the vision. Oh, they're yes. passionate. Yeah, they're both passionate. <laughs> yeah. But it works. It's it, going to get work. very heated when they disagree about whether it should be blue or orange. Yes. But it's going to be bomb either oh, way. <laughs> oh, that, that discussion with the blue and orange was too much. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Brian wouldn't hire just anyone who wasn't up to par. So while I think he would give Justin anything that was in his power to give him, he knows that he would be a worthy contender for whatever position that he feels. And for the naysayers that always say that Brian is selfish, Brian is always giving. He gave Lindsay, he's paying for a law, a lawyer that, that's yeah. not even for his child. Right. Not for his kid. <laughs> yeah. He's paying for that. He just offered Justin like, to get him a job. Like, mm-hmm. baby, I'm going to give you the lead position. Like, I mean, this is a power play. Yeah. You know, Justin declined it, but I mean, that, that's setting you up for life. Mm-hmm. Um, Helped Teddy out, got him back on his feet, got him to... Teddy looking good as hell, too, though. Yeah. I mean, he went from looking dusty, <laughs> like a little accountant to that, that all black, um, little sleek, chic look. And he's so confident. Yeah, he's, he's confident so now. great. At, well, in his personal life, he's got issues, but yes. professionally, he's so confident. This is the best he's been. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Brian really does. I mean, Brian is the best addition to this group because he's not he don't sugarcoat shit for them. He gives them real shit, and he makes them work yeah. hard for, you know, what they want within themselves and in life. So yeah. He I mean, won't Brian. let them settle. No. And I, I really do think he has the biggest heart. I yeah. know people say Michael has the biggest heart. No, Michael has the no. messiest heart. <laughs> I'm not really team Michael right now. No. So, 
Yeah. Maybe in the switch, you know, or where we on three. So maybe a six because we don't have that many episodes. We're going to get a different mic. They always do a switch. I yeah. know this happened. I'm used to it now. Yeah. Something's going to happen that I was not expecting. If they kill Debbie, I'm coming for these writers, though. I swear to God. Because I was not expecting. I'm, Girl, why are you looking like, are they going to kill Debbie? I need to keep moving because I okay. got more notes Well, here. let's go. Okay. Because <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> okay. Back to that scene. I understand Justin needing to feel like he accomplished whatever he does next on his own. Like, he's always been that way. He's always wanted to stand on his own two feet. But there were reasons why he couldn't throughout his life. And that's not a bad thing. It's okay if your partner needs to pay for your education or if you have a friend who will let you crash on your couch because you and your boyfriend broke up and you had to move out of his shanty. Like, all that's <laughs> fine. It's okay to need help. But I think Justin has had so much stuff ripped from his hands and life has forced him to accept so many redirections that he really needs to feel like he is in control of whatever he does next in life. Facts. Nothing with that. Yes, facts. All. <laughs> yeah, and he's still coming off the sting of the whole Hollywood deal. Like we said in 501, it's going to take him time uh, to work through yeah, all, he's all of to that. process all of that. Yeah. They took him on the highest high and then just dropped his ass. So was yeah. he flying or was falling redefined? <laughs> so we <laughs> okay. don't know. We've been doing a lot with music and lyrics today, and I just knew at some point that was going to, you know, backfire on me. Girl, whatever. I knew better. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like we were saying, Brian and Justin get each other. And so Justin knows the offer was sincere, and Brian gets why Justin feels he shouldn't take it. So mm-hmm. some people might be like, oh, Justin's so selfish in this relationship. Why didn't he take Brian's offers? Like, no. Brian gets where Justin's coming yeah. from. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't a rude decline or anything. Yeah. Like, I Even mean, if yeah. he doesn't agree like he he gets it yeah yeah and he respects that he's always respected justin wanting to be his own man and he also knows that this this that opportunity is always going to be forever open so if justin yeah. did change his at mind at any point yeah so i mean it is what it is yeah even if he has to bump somebody else right i think he would though <laughs> he definitely he would, would bring him as maybe maybe not the lead anymore maybe he's a junior lead or something yeah. you know like but justin would always have a spot in kinetic period for sure Brian says, well, it's just as well, since he hears the guy who owns the company is about to lose his shirt. (laughs) Justin is sure he will survive the way he always does, beautifully. Brian goes to the bedroom to change, and he tells Justin that he's going to the soon-to-be former Babylon. He can't let the ship go down without its captain. (laughs) Justin tells him about a club that Brett took him to in L.A., and he says that guys would be lined up around the corner to get in. And it wasn't much different from Babylon. They just made it seem like it was. Well, that gives Brian the inspiration that he needs. Mm-hmm. And he turns to Justin and says, Sunshine, how did I ever get along without you? And Justin says, you didn't. Uh, and cue the squeals and happy tears. Yes. Yeah, like, Brian Kenny, I know you think you are being funny and seductive, but I know you are admitting the truth. <laughs> like, exactly. You can't imagine how you spent so many years not realizing that you both needed and wanted True. this right here. I mean, and just the way they come up, like, he just said something so small, but a light bulb happened. Like, yeah. they feed off each other's energy. A relationship, you're supposed to add to that person, you know, yeah, add you to life. Yeah, you make them better. Yes, and yeah. that's what they do to each other. That's why I always say, oh, my God, it's so real. Like, they hand to date in real life. Like, I know he's straight. <laughs> I know Harold's straight. He was creeping because his chemistry is just, I mean, it's insane. It yeah. is insane. They I'm going to forever say that. Yeah, they are acting the heck out of these parts. I also love in this scene that Justin is helping Brian in these very small ways, in addition to giving him this mm-hmm. idea. It's a mutual thing because Brian offered some help to Justin with the job. He offered what he could offer, but Justin offers help in the way that he can offer it, too. And so 
We see him hanging Brian's jacket mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because he, I'm sure Brian's a diva about his suits right. and Justin knows that. So, so he, he just throws yeah, it. He picks with, it up. Yeah, he picks <laughs> it up, puts it on the hanger, puts it in the closet. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, these little bitty things that he that he does for him. because And then he starts massaging Brian's shoulders because he knows the Babylon thing is stressing him out. So I like that they both have that desire to help each other True. in the way, whatever way that they can. And it, it, it's unspoken. Like he didn't, he wasn't told. It was something that he just he knew. Yeah, he just he saw what was going on and he acted. So that's yeah. just a real relationship. You just you it can't is fake just that. these ways that you just automatically know how to mm-hmm. be there for your partner for mm-hmm. your person. Well, Brian's going to be a little late to the club tonight because uh, his sunshine has given him a few ideas. Oh, and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like that sun raving to come on up. Yeah. And then there's this look on Brian's face as he moves him toward the bed and as Justin, you know, kisses him. And it looks like a very cleansing exhale to me. Right. Where he is just so grateful mm-hmm. for. And for like, it. I mean, like all the stress was just like, lifted. yeah, he can really relax mm-hmm. with him and he can let all of his worries go for a moment when, when Justin's around. Oh, well, he's going to definitely let him go oh, down a throat or something. Okay. Well, uh, well sorry. I'm My, just going <laughs> to. Oops. <laughs> sorry. Y'all, y'all know me. Okay. They uh, they all look for it. They yeah. they ex- oh. they expect it now. Like they would be disappointed if you didn't give it to them. Okay. Well, y'all, you know, I'm gonna give it to you. Okay. If anything, he's holding it back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I did notice that the loft has a couch now. It's a very yes, nice one. It is. We went through season four with no uh, couch. No, no couch. Just a little floor pillow, which I'm not getting on because he had that orgy at the house. Oh, he did have that orgy at the house. Like, baby, did you get that steam clean? Yeah. We like, flipped these over. I know for real, baby. Yeah. Okay. Well, Debbie is conducting an interview at the diner. The lady has her cigarette lit and a smoker's cough to go with it. Girl. <laughs> yeah. She's qualified, so Debbie says she'll be in touch, but she's just not really giving Debbie, she's not convincing her. Girl, if she would have interviewed now and she would have had all that coughing going, I mean, you don't cough in somebody's face. She didn't even cover her mouth. Yeah, and why are you why are you smoking a cigarette in your interview? Yeah, who smokes a cigarette <laughs> at the interview? You know what I mean? Like, this lady does. She does I mean, yeah. she gave me diner vibes she for did. sure. She definitely, yeah, yeah. But baby, not for here, okay? Mm-hmm. Not for here. Voice sound like a chainsaw. Like, get up, get up out of here. Yeah. Bless her sweet little heart. Maybe, you know, over at Liberty Liquor. She yes. can maybe go, yeah, maybe. work over there. <laughs> Justin and Ted are there to catch Emmett's premiere on the Channel 5 News team. As they go to Emmett's little segment, they give him an okay intro, but Emmett is crashing, like, because he's not being Emmett. His no. personality is what got him the job, but he's putting his light under a bushel to fit in with mm-hmm. the rest of the team and not overwhelm them with his queerness. I can understand that, though, because a lot of time I, I well, I'm going to say now, because I'm not, I'm never going to do that again, being the adult that I am now. But when I first came out, I remember I would, wherever I was, and I think I told the story before, like I, if I was going to see my mom, I would change the way I would dress. So that I'm never doing that again. Yeah. I'm not going to diminish who I am to make someone else feel comfortable. I mean, why are you worried about me? Yeah, I why have to does feel this comfortable. make you uncomfortable? Yes. I'm wearing it. Exactly. I'm doing it. Yes. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. So... <laughs> He was trying to make others feel comfortable around him because he wanted to fit into that straight world. Baby, do you? Because that's why you was brought on anyway, because you're one of a kind. You are not ordinary, baby. You're extraordinary, okay? Like, you are Emmett. Your flame is always burn bright. And now you got the pilot light on. (laughs) That was it. Just the pilot light. Okay, baby, you. I mean, one little blow, and that was gone. No, nothing, okay? Like, he's stuttering, look shy. You can see that the nerves took over. Yeah. Yeah, he opens with uh, tips about nose hairs, which <laughs> may be very beneficial for some people, but probably not the best way to win over an audience right out of the gate. 
Justin, Debbie, and Ted are cringing on his behalf. And as they're watching, someone comes in to apply for the waitressing job. And it sure looks like Rosie O'Donnell. But it is it is Loretta Pye with a Y. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She's not super experienced, but she needs a job. Her husband threw her out. He came home from work early, and he caught her kissing her friend. They were licking the icing spoon, and then one thing led to another. And they started as licking does, else. That tends to happen when there's cream cheese icing involved, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder and, where she put that cream cheese icing. Okay, no. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, this is really her husband's fault because perhaps he should have called to let her know he was headed home early. Oh, and man. then he wouldn't have had to see her kissing a girl. Like, or he should have knocked before he came yeah, in, right? He should have been a little more considerate of what she gets up to in her cinnamon bun making time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Debbie does like her, but she isn't qualified. But Loretta does need this. She can't go home. And so she's like, this is, I really need this to work out. She grabs the coffee pot and shows Debbie her coffee pouring skills. <laughs> but I think what really got Debbie was, here's a woman who is undervalued, who is cast aside by someone who doesn't understand her or appreciate her. And Debbie can't resist that. You know, yeah. she loves a stray. Exactly. exactly. She loves yeah. a stray, period. Yeah. She takes them all in. And Loretta needs this job for the money. Debbie doesn't right now. And so she's not going to deny her that or stand in her way. Right. And also, it sounds like Loretta is maybe rediscovering who she is, too. Because we don't know if she actually enjoyed the kiss or not. But, I mean, this could be the best environment for her to actually uncover, explore explore exactly who she is. If that's something that she wants to do. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's a grown woman and she's never had an experience like this Mm -hmm. before. This is something new. It could be exciting. Nervous. She's scared. She needs to be around like-minded people that can coach her. Like that has been my personal experience. Mm -hmm. It's been like, I think that I've kind of limited myself and who I am and what my life can be. So I'm going to put myself around mm-hmm. people who don't have limits on, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> on that. Yeah. Girl, you know, I, I don't, yeah. And so with that, it allows me, it allowed me to explore these other things, right. you know, and consider these other things for myself. So True. I think this would be a good environment for, for Loretta Pye. And she took initiative as well. She yeah. wasn't sitting there smoking a cigarette. She was pleading for her, she pleading for her job, pleading her case. Like, I know I'm not qualified, but I can do this. I'm yeah. a fast learner. And then, I mean, she just looks around mm-hmm. on the on the on her feet, you know, quick. Yeah, looks for a way to yeah, let me show, show how you. can I show you? How can Take I be the useful? Initiative. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I would hire I would have hired her. You yeah, know, she took give the her initiative. A shot. You mm-hmm. just have to get into it. Yeah. And um, I think she's gonna do really, really good. Yeah. She has good intentions. We see Lindsay meeting with Mr. Gabriel, Brian's lawyer friend, and he is saying that it used to be that the definition of a mother was simple. It was the dear lady who gave birth to you wiped your nose, and baked you brownies. But these days, it's more complicated. You have biological mothers, surrogate mothers, lesbian mothers, all kinds of variations on motherhood. The law is way behind, mm-hmm. <laughs> but society is way ahead of the law. Anyway, he believes that Lindsay has the case based on what she told him because apparently Lindsay came in and spilled all her little family tea. Because, yeah, she wants, Yeah, because she wants to make sure he's not going to repeat anything that she said. And he tells her that it's all confidential, but he would not be a good lawyer if he didn't use that to to their advantage. And my thing is, like, girl, why you go see him then? Yeah. I, like, well, you knew he was going to use the, the mm-hmm. shit that you told him. And you knew darn well yeah. what you were doing when you were saying all this he stuff. Because he didn't know it. He didn't twist your arm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, girl, you over here spilling all the beans. Uh-huh. So I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah, now she's trying to, now she's trying to backtrack because... She was shredding them. You Girl, know she, she was. shredded their yeah. ass because her face, she was shook. Like, wait, you going to say that? Yeah. No, but if you, <laughs> she's nervous now. Uh-huh. The attorney says, if you want to prove that you're just as qualified to be Jenny Rebecca's parent, 
you're going to have to come with the big guns. It's basically yeah. what he's telling her. And now she's all trying to reel it in. But Melanie's my partner. He's like, mm-mm, was. Yeah. Ex-partner. And Michael is my dear close friend. And he betrayed you. That part. <laughs> so I mean, the lawyer's on point. Yeah, he's like, you can't trust either one of them at this point. Lindsay knows that if she lets him use the things that she said, they will never forgive her. But Mr. Gabriel says it's too late for that. And then he uses a classic line from The the Bachelorette, we're not here to make friends. That part, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, I don't know what skeletons she pulled out, but she got them from the way back Baby, she, of the she, closet. She pulled back. Okay, she was <laughs> dusting off. She threw the mothballs away. She spread, I mean, did a spring clean in that yeah. mud. Yeah. She doesn't want to stoop that low, but he says, that's why you have a lawyer, so you don't have to. <laughs> and again, I'm not super upset with her for going to this attorney, but I am upset with her for curling her hair like this. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> let her make it. Let her make it, Isha. No, uh-uh. I will say that if she's going to let her attorney eviscerate Melanie and Michael, it doesn't mean that her hands are clean just because he's the one who's saying right, it. Right, like, true. Lindsay, you still gave him... You gave him the ammunition. Because that's how he's stupid, playing limbo. How yeah. low can he go? Yeah. Because the information that you gave him, you know? So, so your hands ain't totally know. clean. Yeah, they're not clean. This. But at the same time, like, you're fighting for your child. Right. So I, get why me, you're, I get why you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. There are no rules, you know? And like, really, she doesn't have, well, we'll talk about this more later, but really, she got nothing. I mean, yeah. you are not a biological parent. So you she has to bring the dirt. on paper anywhere. So you got to find some way to get your foot in this door. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying this is cracked, right. You know? But this is, yeah. Put the big toe in there and just crack it or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But, ooh, I was like, ooh, I'm going to clutch my pearls. Yeah. <laughs> Ted and Emmett are out for a walk. They're headed to the club. And Emmett assumes that all the guys are passing and cruising him. And Ted's like, oh, yeah, you just never consider they could be looking at me. <laughs> Poor Teddy. Um, but it could be because they recognize Emmett from the news, but probably not. He's yeah. probably not at the celebrity level he's thinking. I'm thinking but... they looking at your ass and laughing at you for <laughs> how you bombed on the news. Yeah, if anything. Ted's a little grumpy because he's still all worried about his age and his looks, but Emmett is hoping that he will cheer up when they get to Poppers. Before they get to Poppers, though, Ted has to stop by Babylon to give Brian a body count which is an apt term for the morgue that Babylon has become. (laughs) (laughs) As they get closer, there is a long line with a very selective bouncer at the door there at Babylon. And it seems like it is once again the place to be. Brian and Justin are standing at the door, and I love all the scenes of Justin in this white leather jacket. Oh, he is slaying that jacket, (laughs) for sure. With that sun-bleached hair. Yeah, he came back killing. He he knew what he was doing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Brian, Justin, and Ted head inside, but the bouncer doesn't let Emmett in. And he pulls the, do you know who I am card? (laughs) He's the new Channel 5 queer guy, which makes him a very important homosexual person. Excuse you. The bouncer says that each of us is special and unique and beautiful in our own way, but that doesn't get you in the door. (laughs) Uh, Back of the line, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, inside the club, there is nobody in there. And we see Justin standing beside Brian as Brian's passing out cash to these guys walking through. And it was all an illusion. Like, that's what Babylon is. It's all about the illusion. Brian hired attractive guys to stand in line. And I'm sure he told the bouncer what was up. And he created the appearance of exclusivity. 
and people want access to something that is supposed to be exclusive. Absolutely. That was a brilliant idea. So let's go ahead and thank Mr. Taylor on that. You know, because <laughs> yeah. you know, they had that pillow talk. I mean, Brian put, I mean, um, Justin put the bug in the ear. Yeah. Hence why they got the kissing and doing what they needed to do anyway. Once they finished and he had that cigarette, Justin filled them in on exactly how to execute Yeah. The and they you made, know. they came up with this yeah. together, and this strategy together. Yeah. And, you know, so many of us have FOMO, fear of missing out. What am I missing? What am I not getting to be a part of? And really, this is the same old Babylon. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might have put some paint up and a couple of different things, but it's the same old Babylon playing the same old music. Yep. But he created the illusion where only the lucky and really attractive gets to get in now. And it's really smart. Very yeah, smart strategy. <laughs> yeah. First time we've seen a line. Uh-huh. Um, and Brian says, gay men are just like people. You tell them <laughs> that they can't have something and that's all they want. <laughs> and they won't give up until they get it. And so that's why they're going to be standing out there all night all trying night. to get into this very empty club. Yep. <laughs> so, no yeah. No one's in. Yeah. And then Brian and Justin have a toast. And uh, again, this is another thing that they have teamed up to do. I love when they team up mm-hmm. to do stuff. And there's no crew working tonight. So Brian's not losing that much money, not much more than he would be losing, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's paying these people. And while they are doing this, a line is building at the door and, you know, buzz is generating yep. and circling Throughout Liberty Avenue. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice little plan they got in motion. Yeah, that was a great little marketing scheme. Yeah. Over at the diner, Loretta is in training. She's a little nervous. And there's a demanding customer there who is not wanting fries because he's watching his carbs. But Debbie tells him he's going to have to double up on his crunches because <laughs> they don't do substitutes unless there's a please with the request. Check his ass, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Debbie gives Loretta a tip that's probably not in the training manual. She says most of the customers are princes, but every now and again you get a queen. And when you do, you got to tell them where to put their scepter. That part. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Loretta is a little timid and self-conscious. She doesn't know if she has it in her to, to do that, to be like Debbie. But Debbie tells her it's kill or be killed in this <laughs> business. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, then apparently they have two queens in the diner today because there's another customer and he's snapping his fingers at them. So Loretta wasn't lying when she said she was a fast learner. She puts in his order for a milkshake and some chicken broth because the next time he snaps his finger at her, the only way he's going to be able to suck anything is through uh, a straw. That part, okay. <laughs> yeah. She was not playing, okay. I yeah. gave her three snaps in a circle for that. Yeah, Debbie is so proud. Yes. <laughs> Debbie, Debbie was like, oh, you are perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she killed it. Well, the other thing is I'm sure they've come to expect this kind of exchange yes. because they— if they've been there before, then you they know, know you're going to get it from Debbie and probably even Kiki yes, and the other servers, exactly. too. So. And Justin, everybody. Yeah, so, so you got to keep up. <laughs> True. Don't try me. Well, Emmett is back at the news station for another day. He pulls Don aside and tells him that he has an idea for his next segment. He would like to discuss the a condition that plagues over 40% of all straight men wearing brown shoes with black slacks. <laughs> it's a very common but still humiliating faux pas. <laughs> and well, it also happens to be the condition that Don is suffering from right at yeah. this very moment. Not not the best choice in it. Yeah. Like not not the good look when yeah. your boss is wearing what you're about to critique. Like not a good look, baby. Yeah, Don tells Emmett that after tomorrow, the queer guy is being cut. Uh, the audience didn't buy it, and neither did management. They wanted a queer guy, but frankly, Emmett is just not queer enough. That's almost a slap in the face. Like, how can you tell me how gay can I be? Right. Or do you want a caricature of a gay a gay man? Like, yeah, I mean, like, probably. why? Why do you want that not authentic? You want something fake. You want a, a character. You want something to put on. Yeah. I understand where you come from. Like, I understand what you meant. 
Because when you saw, when Emmett did your wedding, he had all the flare and the flame, yeah. you know, that was he it. He saw the real Yeah, so you wanted that on the show, but your wording is, you're just not gay enough. You're right, not it makes enough. me like, wonder why you wanted that. Yeah, like, yeah. Wh- like what? It's almost like, are you trying to get clout off my gayness? My extra gayness is that, do I get a raise <laughs> when I do get the ratings up? Do I get extra coin? Because I don't mind giving to you if I'm getting some extra coin. Yeah, I can put on a performance. Yeah, let me know. Yeah. I can call Shunga Lee and we can cook and do everything, too. <laughs> Turn it out. Yeah, let me know. Yeah. She'll perform. I'll slay the kitchen. Let me know. Oh, Melanie, Michael, and Lindsay and their attorneys are all present for this mess of a mediation. Melanie's attorney is saying that um, his client was under the impression that she and Ms. Peterson had agreed to work on a custody agreement of their own after matters between Ms. Marcus and Mr. Novotny were settled. Lindsay's attorney wants to know why his client should trust Ms. Marcus when she enlisted her attorney's services without Lindsay's knowledge. And considering that they are in the middle of what could be labeled a divorce, Ms. Peterson has every right to engage her own counsel. Girl, pearls are clutched. (laughs) Okay. Michael's lawyer, Bobby Bennett, points out that Lindsay has no legal claims to this child since she's not the biological or adoptive mother. But Mr. Gabriel is ready. He uh, he says that his client lived in a common law marriage with Miss Marcus for 10 years. She was the primary caregiver for their first child. She inseminated Miss Marcus with Mr. Novotny's, um, I'm going to just go with donation. And, uh, <laughs> and, well, Melanie can't hold her tongue anymore. And she's like, yeah, all of this while she was having an affair. But Mr. Gabriel wants the record to reflect that it was a single sexual encounter and Lindsay makes sure they know that she has apologized ad nauseum. Mr. Gabriel also points out that Melanie Marcus has engaged in her own infidelities. Go ahead. I, I want this, this lawyer, that's the Johnny Cochran of the yeah. show. He's killing it. Yeah, Melanie thinks that that doesn't count because it was before they were married. What the hell? Yeah. Wasn't Gus born? Yeah, Gus was born. So why does it matter? Uh-huh. Bobby Bennett wants to know what an affair has to do with being a good parent, and I want to jump on the table and tell her, Tell that to your client. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mr. Gabriel is also done playing around. He says, Miss Marcus, on more than one occasion, endangered the life of her unborn child by refusing to listen to her doctor. He says that hardly qualifies her as a better mother, biological or otherwise. Oh, Lord. And that as the biological mother of their first child, his client, Miss Peterson, is more qualified than Miss Marcus or Mr. Novotny. Now, the insinuation in what he said about Melanie was a very low blow. Yeah, uh, it was I mean, hella low. Yeah, because I mean, was. She, was, she did push too hard, but... I mean, I was over here living. Like, where is the popcorn? <laughs> yeah. Where is the popcorn? Now, this this was, this was is my favorite scene of the entire episode. <laughs> this was some messy... It is very ranch messy. ...ranched juice yeah. I was living for because Michael's face was on shook. Mel was like, What? Lindsay's sitting calm, okay? Yeah. I said, you better come through. And she stood up for herself. Like, for me, this thing represented Lindsay finally found her backbone. Did she have to go to the extreme? Did she have to air them out like that? Because she went down the line on Michael's, yeah. like, everything. Well, like, yeah, with Michael, well, because Bobby Bennett tries to cut in and say that experience is not a qualification for a parenthood, which is true. Like, what first-time parent has experience? But she says the fact remains that Lindsay has no, no rights, biological or legal. But... He's, but Mr. Gabriel, Lindsay's attorney, says, but she's got a moral claim. Yes. And he says, which is more than Mr. Novotny has. He's just a sperm donor with an mm. overinflated sense of his own contribution. Ooh. And he is morally unfit. He says he lives with two HIV positive men, one Girl. of whom is a male prostitute. 
Like Lizzie girl. Girl, I was in the, I was in the coffin on yes. that one. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and go and, sing me goodbye. He says he is not done reading Michael. He says that he has a history of recreational drug use, mm. attending known gay sexual establishments, Ooh. and he makes his living by writing a violent pornographic comic book. Dead. Uh, yeah. Okay, he unloaded the clip. No shots was fired. I mean, he unloaded the clip on their asses. Yeah. I was like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. I couldn't even clutch pearls, girl. I mean, I was in heaven with the angels looking down like I was gone. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it got Brian, real intense. Bay, Bay, Brian, we love you because I mean, you gave Lindsay the who, uh, best. Yeah. I mean, who doubted that? Brian's attorney would be the most shrewd one in the room. I mean, he came through. I yeah, mean, I mean, it. this is what, you know, and Michael sits there and he's like, thanks a lot, Lindsay. I'm like, you kind of started this, dude. Yeah, it's his fault. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. No, baby, you were trying to snatch the baby from yeah. the mothers. Stop playing when you knew there was never any agreement. You started it. She finished it. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I this is messy on all their it parts. Is. It really is. But yeah, you you really did uh, you really did start this. And to me, she's the only one looking out for the baby because I mean, like you said, she didn't even pop the baby out. She didn't do anything except for be there as moral support and things like that. But I mean, the fact that she wants to be in this child's life, mm-hmm. it shows that she, to me, and my, I mean, like yes, yeah, it's messy. But at the same time, she's I mean, just she's trying to get her her cut or her yeah, part or yeah. whatever. She don't or, want even full custody. She just want her. Let, she just, just wants to be yeah. considered. Considered. Yeah. Because Michael clearly is not considering her. Melanie, maybe she is. Girl, not legally it. on this paper. Yeah. She's not. But Michael is definitely not. And if Melanie's iffy, that's where Lindsay's coming from. Again, yeah. it's messy from all three of them. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But uh, I mean, that lawyer, ooh, we got them together. He did. And so he was like, okay, so are we going to mediate this together right here? Or do we want the court to look at this? Because, you know, with Michael's thing, some courts consider it sexual abuse if you expose a child to pornography. So mm-hmm. even if just like a rage drawing is out on the table or whatever, mm-hmm. and she sees that and it's, Somebody finds out that 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 she saw that was exposed it's to like that. It's like you're giving a child. Yeah, you know or even if there's the potential for that to happen, mm-hmm. a court or jury is not gonna put that child with you, Michael. So True. he don't want to go to court. <laughs> I mean, like this lawyer ran down through Ben and um and Hunter's yeah status. I mean, it was it was like, awful. Man. I said. At that point, I was like, Lindsay, baby, you just won limbo. Okay, you didn't went low. Girl. Yeah, she like, went all the way low. Baby, you <laughs> scrubbed the ground. I mean, she, I was like, oh my God, girl, you ain't got no bone in your bag. That hoe just bent. Like, you, you yeah. low. You damn near serpent. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I am convinced that Michael started this, you know, and even though, like I said a million times, it's messy and. I generally like to watch other people's drama on TV. That's why I love um, it. Yeah, but part of me wants to, like, put them all in the garbage can and put them out on the curb for Friday morning pickup <laughs> because this is a mess. But, I mean, this is where they took it. Yep, they did this. You know, Lindsay is not innocent in all this, even though I do appreciate that she is defending herself. She is not innocent, even though she's trying to, like, look shocked by how far her attorney is going. Like, girl, she, she was waiting for it. <laughs> like, girl, and yeah. she's living right now because yeah. that attorney is giving what mm-hmm. needs to be gave. Okay, so... And none of this is Brian's fault. I mean, he was like, she needs a lawyer. He's gonna give her a good one. Why, also, why would he give her a, yeah, base, a trash lawyer? True. And why would he spend his money on somebody trash? I mean, he's yeah. out to win. And then also, he went to you first, Michael, and said, listen, bro, calm down. Like, right. back, back. And you told him it was none of his business to stay the fuck up out of it. So, I mean... That's his friend, too. Yeah, if y'all can get a lawyer, so can she. I know she can't afford it, and so I'm going to help her because she's my friend. True. That's the mother of his child. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. I do feel bad for Melanie in this situation too, though. Girl, please, bit. no, absolutely not. No, because okay. she even tried to bring up the whole little affair and all this and that. When 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 Lindsay was literally stating facts, I'm the one who you know did the insimulation thing for you. I was the one who waited on you hand and foot. I was the one who tried to make you stay home from work. You know, so the baby would be healthy. I was the one who stayed in the hospital with you while you were having the baby. Matter of fact, I just had the baby out in the fucking rain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Waiting for you because sorry, sorry you were late. You know, while you over here meeting at the lawyers without even telling me type stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, not really. Okay. Okay, not really. Yeah. Why you feel bad for her? If her little nasty ass attitude <laughs> would have been so nasty, we would have <laughs> even been here. That's true. We're going to let our past, um, uh, past little... Sediments that we had against Lindsay yeah. and her being a little bum beggar, we're going to let that go because right now she living. <laughs> yeah. She is living. And uh, no, Mel, I don't feel bad. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm, I mm, I don't think it should have went that low, but uh, mm-mm. Yeah. girl, okay. do your thing. Okay. So even though this is a messed up situation, and I know some people don't like this storyline. They have a, a real big issue with this whole custody battle. But I want to say that I was told by one of the writers that this is based on a true story. He said that he knows some people complain about this storyline, but he says this really happens and, in fact, did happen to some friends. And it wasn't necessarily connected to a Sam situation and all that part of it, but the custody battle between three, this, three individuals. Yeah, this kind of parental arrangement wow. with a, a queer couple, that really did happen. And so they took that into the writer's room and made this story for these characters. So I know some people hate this, but this really does happen. That's and this crazy. and this would be something that you would see where you have non-traditional families. So right. I do think it is appropriate to I address had, it, even though it makes Michael gets on my nerves yeah. because of this. And then I see some like bad stuff in all the people because of this. But it, this really does happen. See, that's good to know, because I never seen anything like this. Like mm-hmm. until today, I didn't I never seen anything like yeah. that ever. So, because you can't have three, well, in most states, and definitely at that time, you can't have three parents right. on record. You can only have two. True. You can have a guardian, but uh, so. I, I thought this was all just like fiction just because. Um, well, it seems like I, something to do for drama. Yeah, you And just like, let's would, just shake things up. Because who would no, even think real. about the non-parental, you know, um, biological parent even hiring a lawyer to even fight for cuts? Like, I mean, that, to me, yeah. that sound like, baby, you reaching. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you don't, baby, you don't have the pot to piss in or the wind to throw out. But I mean, damn, that really happened. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Damn, yeah, that's see, I learned so much from this show. But that's true of everything in this show. Everything in this show really happens. Like, sure, we might get a dramatized version of mm-hmm. it, and they have to tell it with the characters that we have. Correct. But all of it is real. They don't just make up junk to try to upset or shock people. Like <laughs> they're telling you real, real stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that affect real people, specifically queer people. Well, Justin, Ted, and Brian are at the gym. Ted is calling out um, the work that all the guys walking by have had done. And Brian tells him, how about you actually do some work instead of pointing out who has had some? (laughs) Uh, Ted doesn't see the point of that when he can just go buy it. But Justin says it's to keep your mind, body, and spirit healthy and in shape. But, of course, Justin doesn't need that. He only does it so the guys can check out his butt. (laughs) Ted tells Justin that uh, he can check back with him when he's 38, I mean 5, and the sun has begun to set on his endless summer. And Justin kind of looks at himself like, oh, no, is, that, <laughs> is, it, is it happening? <laughs> yeah. uh, Ted has been coming to the gym three times a week. And somehow there's more of him instead of less of him. But it's not where he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, why not have a snip and a clip and be done with it? I like this trio of mm-hmm. Justin, Ted, and Brian. Like we've seen, they've been together a lot this episode i like that trio yes poor ted feeling old and unattractive as as he like sweats there between justin and brian 
and Justin, who can pass for 18, mm-hmm. and Brian, sex on legs, Kenny. Yes, <laughs> yeah. okay. But I actually think Ted is handsome, but it's about how you feel, not how people tell True. you you look. Emmett arrives in a huff, and he has been canceled. He tells his friends that they are cutting the queer guy because they said he wasn't queer enough, like him, the Nelly Queen in the <laughs> rainbow polka dot tights. I'm not sure what stretch. Girl, that I don't is. know, but he we, that's the, the spread eagle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He dropped down and got his eagle on. Girl. Yeah. I agree with Brian. Not only is it unconscionable, it's unfathomable that Emmett would not be queer enough. Ted cuts in and says, Well, you just seemed a little reserved, <laughs> not your usual flamboyant self. And Emmett says that he was just trying to lower his flame a bit, but instead they turned him off. And his friends tell them, like, hey, they hired you. To be you. you. Like, they don't want some stiff, straight guy mansplaining things to people. Like, they want Emmett Honeycutt. Mm-hmm. Um, personality and flame and all. The queerest, nelliest homosexual in the whole wide world. So, they give him a little <laughs> little motivation, a little well, encouragement. Well, I'm, I'm glad they got him together because he really thought he killed it. And I'm glad they didn't hurt his feelings because he would have been discouraged and not wanting to go back. But they gave him enough fire to put a fire under him to say, hey— you got to be you. Tap back into who you are. We're not going to shift. We're not going to change. You're not going to dim that light. Turn that oven back on because it's yeah. just a pile of light going right now. We need that flame, baby. We need it burning <laughs> high. I want to see the red and the blues and the oranges yeah. and the yellows. I want to see all of that. So, I mean, I'm glad they gave him a sarcastic but uh, uplifting talk. I noticed that Justin started going to the gym with the guys in season four, and it was before the Liberty Ride stuff. Why do you think he started going to the gym? I, mean, I think he's just getting older now, and maybe he wants to do you know do more things as a group. I think also when he first when they first started, they've been going since season one. So when he first started out, they didn't want to like you know he was a tag along like oh right. Lord here come this kid again like why is he here? Then season two you know he got hurt so he really well into season one but in, in season two it was it was the recovery of Justin. It wasn't like that he could actually just be in the gym like mm-hmm. that. I mean, they was doing other things trying to rejog his memory. Yeah, well and he couldn't work. really be in public yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, and then we know three. The whole shanty thing. So he wasn't even around the crew like that. Like Justin and Michael couldn't even be around the same room without Michael getting in the business and starting some shit, right. you know. So when it came down to four, like now I'm back. This is my place. And okay, you baby, you know, I'm getting a little older. Let me go ahead and keep it right. Keep it right. Keep it tight. I don't have that teenage metabolism anymore. I'm a full grown man now. So let me, let me go ahead and get it right. Get it tight. But um, but I think it's just there for more support for, for Brian now. He, yes, he needs to get it right. Get it tight. But. Brian also has to stay healthy in the gym to keep his body together. So mm-hmm. maybe he's there for him. Yeah, I think all that's good. And I think it's a new place for him to cruise and be cruised. Yeah. Sure. You know, new little hookup spot. I would also think that he's doing more of his life with this gang of friends. And so you start falling into their patterns. Mm-hmm. I think some of that, some of that too. Yeah, he finally got accepted into the group. Like he, mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere. Even right. when he had a new man, he still could have been with the group, just couldn't have been there with Michael. No, you know? so. that wasn't going to work. Not, not with Michael. <laughs> mm uh, Michael and Ben are having a drink at Woody's, and Michael is feeling wrung out after Lindsay's lawyer made him feel very small. Baby, she, she, he washed his <laughs> yeah. ass, okay? Brian comes over to have a drink with them, but Michael doesn't want to talk to him. They haven't really made up from the talk they had at Babylon um, when Michael was out of line there, too, I'm going to say. But they've had like a million verbal spats over the years, so Brian just kind of assumes they're going to brush it to the side, mm-hmm. or he tries to. And he says it's nice to see them out enjoying themselves, although since they got married, he didn't think they still frequented uh, such dubious establishments. <laughs> um, now that Ben got the move he wanted, now he's back at Woody's. <laughs> you know, he, Before, he was like, yeah, I, don't have, I don't have time for mm-hmm. that. 
But he says there's nothing wrong with, uh, Ben says there's nothing wrong with having a drink with friends. And Michael says the key word is friends. And you kind of see this look on Brian's face at Michael's tone. And I think he was hoping that Michael wouldn't make this a thing. Right, Like right. that he would let the past exchange go, that they could kind of forgive each other and just keep going. And I don't think Brian's going to apologize because he doesn't think he has anything to apologize for. But he obviously gets that Michael feels that he was wronged about something. And um, I think it bothers Brian when he and Michael are are fighting, when they're not on good terms. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like for Michael to be mad at him. But I really just don't see where Brian did anything wrong. He he didn't. He would have done it for anyone. Uh, it goes back to how giving he is. And he cares for Lindsay. And, I mean, Lindsay deserves a fighting chance, even if she doesn't really have a leg to stand on because she really is, doesn't have any rights. I mean, she's feel passionate about this. So why deprive her of that, you know? So I think he gave her the helping hand that she needed. Yeah, well, and that's what he tells them. Like, I would have done the same thing for you. Like, if you would ask me for that, that help, I would have given it to you, too. I love how Brian never backs down. Like, he could have been like, what? I did no no such. Like, no, that wasn't me. He's like, yeah, yeah. He, he owns it. Like, I mean, yeah. he's, one, he's always so truthful. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't care if, if your feelings is hurt by it because he stands by his decisions. Mm-hmm. So I just love how he's always so honest, yep. brutally honest with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ben tells Michael that it's Brian's money. If he wants to pay for that attorney, he can. It's none of our business. And Michael is upset because he thought Brian was supposed to be his best friend. And if that's the case, how could he help Lindsay? And Brian's like, I am your best friend, which is why I would have done the same for you. But Michael doesn't know how often that Brian has pointed out and defended Michael's right to Mm -hmm. do exactly what he's doing. He doesn't say he agrees with it, but he's like, she is Michael's child. Michael yes. is her father. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to go do that, he's got a right to go do it. But Michael just cannot understand why Brian is helping Lindsay. But Lindsay is his friend, too, and the mother of his son. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he help her if he if he could? I don't like that he's trying to make Brian play favorites. Yeah, make him choose. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Why can't he just help the friend who has the greatest need or the friend who comes and asks for help? True. Why can't he do that? Michael says, well, thanks to your unbiased generosity, we are now splitting JR three ways. Was that not the plan all along? It should have been. <laughs> it should have been. I it's thought like, that yeah. was it. Because, like, Michael, you just told on yourself, like, you want to split her two ways, mm-hmm. which means you are cutting <laughs> Lindsay out, which exactly. justifies exactly what Brian did. Hence why he needed to do it. And Brian doesn't hold his tongue, and he defends his actions. And his friend, he says, Lindsay is her parent, too, and she has just as much right to share custody as you and Melanie and when Brian leaves, Michael says, it's like, sometimes I don't even know who he is anymore. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand that. I don't know where that's coming from. You're the one who's acting brand yeah, new. Yeah. Like, even your mother doesn't even know who you are right, right. now. Like, what like, the hell are you talking about? And then you keep telling him he needs to change and grow up. And then now you're saying he's changed beyond recognition because you don't like the way that he's <laughs> changed. And So what is it, Mike? Yeah. And really, the only major difference that I see is that Brian is pushing back against Michael now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only difference that I see going on. And is Brian supposed to only care about Michael and then drink and fornicate and not have any opinions of his own and not care about anything else that's going on exactly. in life? And like, is that what you want? Um, he's not taking sides, but he does acknowledge that there are three sides mm-hmm. in this in this situation. I really just kind of think that Brian, Justin, Daphne, Ted, and Emmett should start hanging out right. and leave the rest of them on pause for a little bit. Yeah, they do for real. Like, okay, they are tripping. Yeah, we're days. gonna give you a little break. Yeah, until Michael calms down, he's in timeout. Yeah. so nobody can play with him. He's in the corner. Yeah, Emmett is back for his last day as the queer guy, 
He is looking nervous, and he overhears Don telling someone to be sure they schedule more queer guys for tomorrow. So he's going to be replaced. Okay, so yeah, the queer guy wasn't canceled. Emmett was Emmett was canceled. canceled. Yeah, well, ain't nobody going to out-queer Emmett Eugene Honeycutt. Okay. <laughs> he throws off his uh, bland brown blazer and takes his outfit from day to night. And he gives the kids a show hunting. Baby, yeah. okay, mama came to slay yeah. today. When the cameras roll, he is serving. He introduces himself as a certified member of the 4F Club. That is fashion, food, furnishings, and one other that we will save for cable. Yes. Emmett grabs someone from the camera crew for a quick little makeover. A little product to the hair, a spare cotton candy pink shirt, and then a little separation of the eyebrows. And who knew such a hottie was under all of that hopelessness? That part, okay. Because a, <laughs> a, transformation, a transformation was definitely needed. Like, yeah. I mean, Emmett got him together really quick. Less than five minutes. Uh-huh. Got him together really quickly and did it with the confidence and the Emmett uh, personality that we love and that we yeah. know. Yeah. It was if, good to see him back. If, if Emmett is going out, he is going out as himself and with a really big bang. True. Yeah. They loved it. Yeah, they love. I love how um, Don was like getting the cameras. Like, you, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you need to catch yeah. this juice. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, he could feel it. Like, you could just see the nerves just fading away. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, he was sitting on this straight man's lap on TV. Yeah. I mean, like Emmett, he, something about him. He just it exudes love. It mm-hmm. exudes life. And you can't be offended by him. I feel like you can't. Like, you may hate Brian's gut, but you have no choice but to love Emmett. Right. You know, like just no choice. Yeah. Uh, so. Sometimes we get people asking us about, so when we talk about doing like interviews with the cast and whatnot, people want us to ask why they left Brian's unibrow. And I'm like, I am not asking Gail Harrell about a unibrow. <laughs> that part, yeah. <laughs> I am sorry. I appreciate your question, but I am not going to yeah. do that. Uh, like, so, yeah, mm, no, no, uh-uh, yeah. Uh-uh, not doing it. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's one of those things where, because like they make it clear that he does wax his body, right. but I don't know why mm. they... Left mm-hmm. it. I don't know if it was a personal request from the actor yeah, or yeah, if it maybe. was. But I'll never know because I'm never going to ask that question. <laughs> I got you. No, I'm kidding. I ain't got y'all either. Okay? Yeah. yeah. I just don't want to offend anybody by no, not at all. asking about anything like like that. Yeah. Um, We see Lindsay bringing Gus over for his daily visit. And um, I think if I was Melanie, I would tell her, you can stay in the car. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah. I will come. Pick him up because I don't allow backstabbers in my home. Yeah. And uh, she was in there just calm and collected like yeah. nothing had ever happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn. Lance. Yeah. Melanie made brownies for Gus and Lindsay is not happy about that. Like she's the one who has to deal with him at night. But Melanie says when he's with me, I feed him what I want. Unless you want to tell your lawyer I'm abusing him by feeding him a brownie. Not only is Melanie upset about how things played out in mediation, she's upset that Lindsay didn't trust her when she says she would take care of it. And Lindsay tells her, I was only looking out for myself, and I'm not the one who started this custody battle, but I'm not going to lose Jenny Rebecca because I didn't stand up for myself. Yeah, I, I can, and I, I can't argue that. with that. Yeah, yeah. I stand with that. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Like, I didn't like how, I mean, actually I did, but it, I didn't want it, kind of, yeah. not really. I mean, but, it was entertaining yes, that very it got entertaining. messy. I mean, I hate, as, as people, you know, I hate that word, the people, but it was entertaining. Yes, yeah, very entertaining, but... I understand why she did it, and she, it needed yeah. to be done. And look, she got the results that she wanted. So. Yeah. The lawyers are going to work out a schedule, and then they can start fighting over who gets Tuesdays and who gets Thursdays. And I really don't want to see them passing around this child from three different homes, Baby, though, to I be know. honest. I like, know. I really just don't want Baby's going to be so confused. Yeah. I don't love that idea. And every, uh, and when the baby gets sick, everybody's going to be sick. Like, I mean, like, you're going <laughs> to mess up an entire three households. Like, yeah. Like, girl. 
And I don't know, maybe I'm seeing this all wrong because I don't have any children of my own, but that doesn't mean I'm not entitled to my own opinion. And my opinion is I just don't want to see them passing her around like that. I noticed that Melanie isn't fighting over Gus, and I think that's because of the original arrangement she has with Lindsay. But also, I guess I'm supposed to assume that she did actually adopt him so right. she could go and get 50% physical custody on paper if, she, if she wanted to. But she also knows Lindsay's never going to keep her away. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, like, she's the one who is iffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not Lindsay. Yeah. So because of that, I feel like she probably would have honored their arrangement. Now, again, she might have, if Lindsay wasn't acting right, she might have. She could have. <laughs> she might have shifted. JR, go upstairs to the attic. Yeah. Lindsay's coming over to, uh, to see Gus. <laughs> to bring in Gus. Yeah. I don't want you seen. Yeah. So, but I, I think she wouldn't want to risk not getting to see Gus. So right. maybe that would motivate her. But I, I don't know. You never really know. But I guess they're going to keep this plan with. Gus, like she's gonna continue to bring him by. I don't know. I mean, she's gonna he gonna have to spend a night at least once a night. I mean, yeah. once a week or some shit. Like that's a waste of gas and time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before Lindsay leaves, Melanie tells her that she surprised her. She had no idea she was such a killer. And Lindsay says that she learned from the master. Oh, I fainted. But I'm like, I Lindsay, don't play. You know you had that ability all along. She had it you in You had her. that in you all along. But she just wanted to shade her. <laughs> yeah. I got it from you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the new and improved version of you, baby. You old news. <laughs> Stepped on out that door. And she, when she did that little hair flip turnaround, I was like, you better go on, Linz. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Lindsay did not come to play today. She did not. Yeah. What I meant when I said I feel sorry for Melanie, is I really think that it is going to hurt her to have to let her daughter go with these other people. Right. That's what I meant. I feel sorry for her. But I get that as a mom, Lindsay's like, I want to have a right to my child, too. Absolutely. And clearly, Michael is not considering her. Melanie is iffy, so I understand where Lindsay's coming from. But what I was saying, I feel bad for Melanie because I think she is going to feel it more than the rest of them that having to pass her around. True. And so that's going to mm-hmm. hurt her deeper than it'll hurt them. But anyway, you know Melanie's going to let Gus eat that whole plate of brownies because she's going to get Lindsay back any way she can. That boy's going to be <laughs> so, bouncing off the wall. Sorry, Gus, but Mama got a point to prove. So Bouncing off the wall. Them brownies look... Okay, so I guess she stepped her cooking game up because remember, she couldn't cook. She could not. So, I mean, because those brownies looking like delish. Yeah. Well, Debbie has just delivered her last pink plate special, but before she can leave, Loretta comes flying back there to tell her about an emergency at one of the tables. Debbie goes to help one last time, and it's a surprise retirement party for her. The diner is full of some regulars and her family. She gives them a great speech, and says they will always be her heart, and she leaves them in Loretta's very capable hands. Michael showed up, and he brought flowers. Debbie's surprised to see him there. But Michael tells her he's been coming there his whole life, and I think he was probably embarrassed by her job and all that growing up, but he is starting to realize that he was very lucky to have a mom who loved him so much and who worked so hard to give him everything that that she could. Michael knows how hard it was for her to raise him on her own, and he tells her that she didn't make the best of it. She was the best. Damn it, it made me cry. Michael, he brought it back for me in this moment. Only with yes. Debbie. But only, only with Debbie, but he brought it back for me with this. Yeah. Um, I was like, that speech that he had get, that he was given, uh, that he gave to his mom, it was like season finale, you know what I'm saying? Like um, series finale speech type shit. I was like, oh, this is episode three, right? Like, it was almost like the lights about to cut off. We were going to see <laughs> him, like, sign the wall with all their names or some shit. He did that. I love how he tapped into it. And he broke down all those insecurities that he went through growing up and realized that the best part of his childhood, the best 
the person that he is today is is because of the person that's standing in front of him. Yeah, so, and, and he's, yeah. he gave her her flowers that she deserved, that she should have been having. Yeah, I love that they easily forgive each other, but sometimes I wonder if a lesson really gets learned because he will cut her deep and mm-hmm. then it's like, let's have lasagna, mom, or here's mm-hmm. some flowers, Bob. And like, it's a good thing that they can forgive each other and move forward, but I just wonder if he learns his lesson because... I kind of feel like if this doesn't prompt Michael to go sit with Melanie and Lindsay and say, I got a little ahead of myself. Yes. Let's start this conversation as friends. And then if it doesn't prompt him to do that, I'm like, I'm glad you made up with your mom. But I don't know that you really had a change of heart or yeah. mind about the stuff that you said that made this start to begin with. Your whole True. thing was about a single mother is unfit. And if if you can go to your mom and say, hey, mom, I'm sorry, you were great, but you can't go to them and say, hey, maybe yeah, you'll be great too. Hypocrite. I still want her to come spend a little time with me, but it's not because I don't think you're you're right. fit. Apology is definitely due. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you attacked their, their character. So, I mean, oof. Yeah, it's like, again, I'm glad you and your mom made up, but I don't know that you really learned your lesson. But maybe you did. We're, we're going to see. Yeah. So it is another empty night at Babylon, um, and uh, Brian, Justin, and Ted are there having a toast at the bar. I love Brian's leather jacket in this mm-hmm. scene. The three guys head out to open the doors, assuming that there's anyone standing at them. Well, the line is wrapped, okay? Hey, <laughs> uh, and it's a real line this time. No paid Instagram models. <laughs> um, and the cover is twice as much as Popper's. So he's going to make that money back real quick. Yeah, real quick. Okay. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Mm -mm. The wind has blown all the boys back to Babylon. The plan worked. Of course it did. It was team Brian and Justin. And they don't miss. Even if plan A fails after a pep talk and a cigarette. Brian will prevail. Yeah, they will. (laughs) Yeah, the less discouraged partner will encourage the other one. And then they will move forward with plan B or plan C if they have (laughs) to. Uh, Emmett finally gets in, but he had to bribe the doorman. He also gets recognized as the queer guy. Um, so maybe that will make him feel like the celebrity that he yeah. is. I love seeing Brian and Justin running into the club all excited about the results and how things have turned around. Mm-hmm. And then we see Brian leading Justin by the hand to the new back room. And they are celebrating the success of the club and being a team and being gay men who have a place to go to be who they are and do what they want to do and I just and it's theirs. love it yeah mm-hmm. I love that we end with something light with them yes. it's very nice light it was it was on a happy note actually everybody ended on something happy yeah. you know so well, well no. not everybody yeah mm-hmm. not everybody but for the most part the majority minus two yeah <laughs> minus two everybody else kind of ended on on something happy um, this episode was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a lot of going on and a lot of a juice lot of and drama. drama. Yeah, yeah, a lot of drama. But for the most part, like it was, it was, it was good it, to me. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't heavy. Like we normally get like some heavy, yeah. heavy ones. They had a lot of juice going on, but it still wasn't heavy. It's something that y'all yeah. still can work through and talk out. To me, it was a lot of self discoveries. Like we saw Emmett change from who he was and have to tap back in. We saw Lindsay get a backbone. You know, we saw Michael make amends with his mom, finally came to terms with that. We saw Brian standing up to Michael. So, I mean, to me, this was all about character building. Yeah. Well, because then even Justin, he's like, okay, I need to figure out where, where I'm at I? in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they all are, yeah, I, th- I think in season four, we saw them kind of making plans for this is what the rest of my life is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then here in season five, it's like, okay, does that still work? Right. Is, is that still what I want to pursue? Mm-hmm. If so, how's that going to play out? How's it going to look? And so we see some of them think they have their footing, but then others are trying to find it still. Mm-hmm. 
But guys, that was episode 503, okay? All right, question for y'all. Who's in the wrong? Or is there is anybody in the wrong? Like, what, what is or your is stance? Or is everybody in the wrong? Yeah, is everybody wrong? What is your stance on Michael, Melanie, and Lindsay? And Lindsay getting the lawyer to petition for her rights um, for custody. What do you guys think about that? We want to hear that. Y'all know how to reach us. You can hit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, via email as well. So, I mean, we just want to hear y'all responses. You know what we say. You know the saying. I don't have to say it anymore. Like always, you know, we want, to, <laughs> want y'all to keep it interactive. And um, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.